You Jimmy? Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. Open that for me. Is this some kind of exercise room? <laughs> sort of. All right, get ready. Wait, ready for one? Put this sleeve over his penis and hold it. What? Go, now, do it! All right, you gotta hold it there. You gotta get it all, hold it there. Okay, remove it. I just jacked off a horse. I'd get used to it, we got 15 more to collect. Welcome, once again, to an episode of Plausible Deniability. I'm Bob. With me is your beloved host, the star of this podcast. And we're recording on the eve of his, what, 61st birthday? Could be. It could be 61st. Um, you know, if I tell people if I tell people that I'm 61, they're like, man, you look good for 61. And if I tell people I'm 46, they're like, oh, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah. that voice you hear is the pre-birthday boy himself, David Miller. And joining us, a very special guest from the heavily listened to podcast, How Many, Gary Grant, first time guest on the show. Welcome, sir. Hey, everybody. Hey, golf club. Golf club. (laughs) Now. Welcome, Gary. Yes, welcome. The reason we're having Gary on is he is one of the premier, the eminent scholars of what we'll refer to as the Sheridan verse. Uh, Taylor Sheridan, the new hot showrunner at Valley Ranch that uh, is doing much great work in the realms of film and televised vision. And most notably among those, the hit series Yellowstone. So we're going to talk about his shows, his movies, and just the guy, the man, the myth, the legend. So um, Gary, let's start with you since you're our guest. Where where did you first see or hear of him? I'm assuming it's probably Sons of Anarchy, yes? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, um, his role in Sons of Anarchy as sort of a, he's a support character. He wasn't like the main, even the main sheriff. But um, I guess I never thought much of it, the the fact that he was on the show. Uh, as, an, as an actor, there was nothing wrong with him. He's not a bad actor. Um, I guess it just, he was, he was such a secondary character on that show that I had never seen really in anything else before. I didn't think that much about him. I had no idea what I was witnessing there uh, when when Hale was uh, given the son's Hale. <laughs> and full disclosure, never yeah. saw the show. Whoa, Millerman. Never saw the show. Um, I don't know why. I remember when it came out and it was a big deal. And for some reason, I just never got on board. Um, and so I just never watched it. And I know it's a, a hugely popular show. And when I went back and saw his discography or bibliography or whatnot, videography, and saw that he was on that, I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, I'll say the but, thing but, that yeah. I think is probably um, what the reason that that sticks out to me is I want as somebody who followed Kurt Sutter much the same way that I now follow Taylor Sheridan, um, I wonder how much he picked up from Kurt during his time on Sons, because not only is, was Kurt quite prolific doing quite a few series back then that were very, very good, but he also had a tendency to use a lot of the same people uh, in the shows that he was on. And I'm noticing that same thing with Taylor Sheridan. You see these people popping up on the shows like I just because we we're doing this, I actually went and watched um the those that wish me dead i hadn't seen 
that. And uh, I went and watched it, and then I noticed that the little kid in the in that movie yep. is the kid from Yellowstone. And you know, it's that's not the only one, but I was looking at this kid, and he's younger, and I'm thinking, and I know that kid. Oh, that's the kid from Yellowstone. He's just he's just younger. Yeah. And so it, it, there are others as well that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. But uh, I wonder how much of that he picked up from Kurt Sutter, or, or if being on that, you know, changed the way he does things. Well, you know, when you when you have when you have a group that you've done stuff with and and they've performed well and then that continues on that's one thing uh you know a lot of a lot of a lot of people within the film and television industry throughout the years have done that you know scorsese on and on right now i mean all of that is is normal but what you find is or what what i find fascinating to me is so you got this guy taylor sheridan who is not a big name at least publicly but he has obviously some very powerful friends and is very well thought of because when you look at some of the players that have come back and worked time and time again John Bernthal and and Jeremy Renner and and all I mean just was like wait what like how did he what is he doing that is in it, that is just garnering such faith and and devotion between these these actors and i mean the the little guys or the the guys that are the character actors sure you know you hit your wagon to the star and you just hope he throws you in and he obviously has in a lot of these shows but the bigger names and then i was reading about that one um I was reading about that, those who wish me dead. And the one thing that I read said that originally he was coming, he was just signing on to, um, to rewrite the screenplay and said, Oh, well, if I can get Angie, Angelina Jolie to come, come on board, I'll direct it for you. Like, by the way, this is what will happen if you, and that's what happened. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how does he, how does he know these people? I, I would love to know that backstory, how he was introduced within the industry, because he was a bit player on a lot of shows before this, of course, his time on signs, like you mentioned, but how did he get to be so well thought of within the industry? Yeah. And I mean, he's got a level of pool now where he can get a guy like Tom Hanks to make a cameo yeah. on a Paramount plus show. Like yeah. nobody else is going to do that. That dude's Billy not Bob Thornton, Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's impressive. That pool is impressive. It's kind of like Kevin Smith getting uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, at, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, credibility. I mean, he's starting to establish it's, it's that with podcast, so people can't see me kind of giggling when I say that. But <laughs> I did have them early on before they were big stars, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, but okay. So going back, and and so the first thing, the first thing that he wrote that was produced, or at least showing on IMDb, is Sicario. Yes. Now I. I remember this it came out in 2015 and i remember when it came out that i really really wanted to see it and i never did i didn't watch it until two days ago wow i didn't watch it until two days ago i know because i remember thinking oh that looks really good i really want to see that and then when sicario day of the soldado came out i was like oh it got a sequel so it must have been good i need to go back and watch it and i never did now <laughs> having said that i have not watched the sequel yet i've been busy i will get to it because i really liked it i really liked that first movie but i do remember like i said that was one where i remember watching the trailers and the commercials and stuff going man that looks really good i need to go see that and i just never caught it until we decided we were going to do this and I was like, man, I've got to catch up. So that one was the first one. Did you guys see that back then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I didn't see it back then. The first thing of his I saw was probably Hell or High Water. 
Okay. Which was okay. the next one after Sicario. I mean, it if, was? I, if I look at this stuff, yeah. If I look at this, I saw Sicario in the theater. I saw Hell or High Water in the theater. I saw Wind River at home, but I think it was, I think that was one of the ones that may have been available almost immediately on Netflix or something. Because I remember seeing that right after I heard about it. Yeah, I remember well, seeing I watched- it and, and not knowing much about it, except who was in it. And thought after I saw it, I was like, man, that's a great movie. I was so shocked how great the movie was and then after the fact it was like oh not only did he write that one he directed it as well yeah. well so I watched so this week in preparation for this I watched Sicario Hell or High Water Wind River and Those Who Wish Me Dead so I watched all of those in the past few days and, and were you on board with all of them absolutely uh, I think my favorite of them uh, was probably Wind River yep, yep me too um, god it was so good it yep. was just so good and then but also I'm a big Jeremy Renner fan because I'm watching him in Hawkeye. I'm watching him in uh, Mayor of Kingstown, of course, which is another, and I'm like, and I'm like, he's so good. Like, and then I listened to Jeremy Renner's uh, episode on the podcast uh, Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. And if you haven't listened to that man, totally and completely fascinating how he made his start and what he does in his downtime. Trust me, go listen to that. If I tell you that uh, he started as a makeup artist in like a in a department store, if that doesn't intrigue you, I can't help you. Just go listen to that episode. It's it's fascinating. And he talks about how he grew up with a bunch of sisters. He was the oldest, but then his his mom and dad had sisters, and so you know he grew up in a very feminist feminist household and just yeah I, i'm big fan big fan what about you gary i guess wind river is your favorite too right uh of those yeah wind river is probably my favorite one um i would say that i i like sicario a lot but i think uh sicario of that group um i i love the story i love the way it was written and everything else there's a couple of his things that he's written that uh i was a little disappointed in uh, just in in as much as that i thought they were really well written but not as well directed yeah and so like when when river i thought was unbelievable i mean that was one of my absolute favorite movies when i watched it um but like hell or high water i really really liked sicario is one that i really liked and and uh i felt like it was missing something and sometimes you know you like you get a really good story and either you don't get the uh, the acting that you want out of it and you're like man i i love what they were doing there from a story perspective but i didn't like this actor for this reason or whatever and that usually falls back on the director because they're the ones that are trying to get you to feel a certain way about someone and a lot of that is the direction and the performance so it's funny because i didn't used to be the guy that would go back and look and see well who wrote this and who wrote that i just watch movies and say oh i like this or i don't like this and um Somewhere in here, I think it was when River is the first time I ever even saw Taylor Sheridan's name, but I look at it and I don't see much. He didn't have that many acting credits. He didn't have back then. He didn't have a lot of writing credits. And all you do is like, well, okay, I hope that guy does more. And then I, even when I saw him on Sons, I didn't connect the dots. I didn't realize that was the guy that I had watched 
or, or um, that that's the guy that had, uh, that would you know wrote those things and then like connect the dots back. So yeah, Wind River was probably my favorite of that of that group until we get to the recent stuff. Yellowstone and Mayor of Kingstown are just so good, man. I it, it would hard be very difficult for me to pick between those two, but I would take them above Wind River. Now you did say you just recently watched the uh, movie that Those Who Wish Me Dead. What did you think of that? There was some stuff in there that I thought was a little implausible. Yeah. The whole yeah. tower, all the stuff of the tower. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a lot of things where I, I was like, okay, honestly, for me on that one, I thought the the thing that stood out for me were the people, the cast, and and the job that they did. I thought the acting was great. I thought the actors themselves, the, the casting of that show was phenomenal because I had never heard of it. I, I had not seen it, had not seen anything, but then to see, okay, well, you've got Angelina Jolie and John Barnthal and Nicholas Holt and you got Littlefinger and just yeah. on and on and on. And then to see, well, it's the kid from Yellowstone, which obviously if I had seen that movie, I probably, I, I would have known who the kid was when he showed up on Yellowstone. Like just all of those things. It's funny you Very- mentioned that because I forgot Littlefinger was in that movie. There's another guy that he's repeating on the casting because he's in yeah. Mayor of Kingstown. Yeah, like exactly. That. I mean, like I said, he's got these, he's got these people wrapped around his finger, obviously. Like if you're in his world, you're in his world. And, and, and even Renner talks about that. He was like, he just called me up one day and was like, Hey, I got the show. I hadn't even read the script. And I said, yes. He's like, if he, he told me he, if he told me he was going to direct the phone book, I'd be like, all right, let's do it. So, I mean, he's really a big fan and it's really amazing. Gary, when you were ranking your shows, you know, you included the TV and, and movies. I'm, I would keep them separate myself. But when it comes to the TV shows, I know I'm supposed to say Yellowstone and I know I'm supposed to say 1883, but man, Mayor of Kingstown is number one for me. Absolutely. It's so good. It is. It is so good. And, and just honestly, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and, and it's got, it's got everything I love, including, you know, all the promos are featuring a a person. (laughs) And then, and I was like, you know what? I think so. And then boom, it happens. I was going to go there, but you did a good job of going there without not going there. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so, you know, just enjoy them while you can. (laughs) And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get down, you get further and further down the road. There's 10 episodes in that first season and that episode nine happens. And I was like, what? Whoa. It just changed everything. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I don't know where this is going. And then it wrapped up pretty good in, in the, the season finale and whether that's going to be the series finale or not. I don't know. I, I, I would hope and expect that they would get picked up, but no idea. Um, yeah, I think they will. That dude's probably wielding a lot of 12 pound power right now. Agree. Agree. And um, yeah, but it's, but no mayor of Kingstown out of the TV shows. I, I think, I think right now I would probably rank it Kingstown. <sighs> I'll say 1883 and then Yellowstone. My only problem with Yellowstone is that this season didn't, the the season four of Yellowstone did not live up to the first three seasons, in my opinion, while I liked it, while I enjoyed it. I don't think it continued on and and finished the storylines the way that it should have. Too much Beth? Too much Jimmy? No, I have no problem with the story that was told. My problem is, is that it, is that it just, it seems like it went in a different direction. Like, the way that it was done, like, I like the story of Jimmy. I like the story of Four Sixes, the Four Sixes Ranch. I like all of that. I like the story of Beth and Rip, and and I don't have a problem with any of that, but what I didn't feel like was 
well done enough was the continuation of what they started in season three and how season three ended, etc. And I just didn't feel like we got the resolution that we could have or should have gotten. It's not that I didn't like what was done. It just wasn't what was expected. And I think that's what took it down a notch in my eyes. Right. And I'll say I thought the the stuff with Casey, the other brother, it's almost they're they're almost like on another show. Yeah. Even more so than the four sixes, because the, the stuff with Jimmy and the four sixes still has the tie back because he was sent there by uh, Yellowstone Ranch and, and because he still has the girlfriend back and th- there's the drama that happens when he comes back and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot. I'm not going to get into too much of it in case there's people still watching. Uh, so there may be spoilers in there. But the stuff with Casey was like, we're going to remove him from the family. They're going to be out here doing this thing. And he's on his own journey and it has nothing to do with the ranch. Right. And then, well, and to take it further and and spoiler alert for the people that are listening we're going to talk about that that season finale there the the whole thing where he's he's going on this journey right and he's out there and and I thought that there would be more of a resolution or show me show me something that's coming down the pipe that you're going to be that you're going to be showing in the future give me something yeah. but it was just lame frankly that's what it was and and that was disappointing because I like Casey and I like that character and I like that entire like I said I like everything that they do but I want it to tie in and I want it to mean something and maybe it will in season five but it didn't in season four and that's the problem that I have like while I'm watching it I'm enjoying it but then when I'm thinking back about how it all ties in together and it doesn't that's the problem that I have I wonder how how he could I mean is he just furiously sitting there typing away every day to do 1883 and Mayor of Kingstown and Yellowstone and probably reading scripts that people are sending right to and writing other things right. you know yeah so yeah and, and how much was he involved in the day-to-day of Yellowstone this year because he acted more in this one right. so you know I don't think he directed as much I don't think he wrote as much on this uh, or in this season so I think he probably turned it over to the writer's room and they went off in a different direction and and that's well, what I was, I, was gonna, I wonder how that goes though does he give them like I wonder if he would give them like an outline and say look this is what I'd like to see from the characters and I don't have time to write it all but right you know I need Casey to go on this journey of of uh well I don't know what, what you self-discovery <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a self-discovery it's it's more of a, like a dealing with with uh some of his past demons and uh whatnot but I got I need Casey to go on this on this journey of self-discovery and I want Beth to be conflicted between good Beth and bad Beth. And I want like, you know, I I just wonder how much he just gives them an outline or if he just says, okay, look, you've got three seasons of how I'm doing this thing. Try to stay on the same path and I'll monitor it from afar. Like, I just wonder how involved he is. Yeah, the workload that dude has is incredible because not only does he create all these shows, he writes probably almost every episode of all of them. He directs a good chunk of them. I think Mary Kingstown, he directed almost all of them. And he's still acting in like half the episodes of Yellowstone, he still appears as that horse character, that rodeo character. So you're right. Where does he fit at all? And we haven't even mentioned yet that he's developed a new series and he's gone and got another guy like, okay, he got Costner. Now he's gone and got Stallone 
to do this new mob show called Kansas City. Paramount's greenlit it, and he's co-producing and creating it with the guy that created Boardwalk Empire, Terrence Winter, who also used to do The Sopranos. So it's just incredible, man. He just keeps churning it out. He's also, as a writer, he's on pre-production for Fast and Lioness. Wow. I mean, yeah, he's got, that's the thing. He's got so much. Now, who knows how much he has in the pipe, what he's he's written previously and, and may just flush out or what's new i mean it's 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 i don't know but like i said in this case he's one of the first guys that i've gotten into in a while where i i'm really digging everything that he's done and and the obviously that that first part so uh sicario comes out and it's about drugs and it's modern day and it's you know arizona texas but it's still the West type feeling, right? Arizona, Texas, things like that. Then you get Hell or High Water, which, by the way, as I'm watching this, and the funny part is, is I'm watching it, and I know it's supposed to take place in Texas, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, none of this is in Texas. Not <laughs> one shot of this is in Texas. And then I go and I look at the locations, and it was all shot in New Mexico. And I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, because there is no way any of that is in Texas. But anyway, so I'm watching that. And then and then Wind River, and where that's not Southwest, that's you know, but that's the first time we really see him take it up to, you know, Wyoming, Montana, those type of areas, uh, big sky country type stuff. And then um, one one movie we did not touch on. OK, did you watch Without Remorse? No. First off, did. OK, first off, I had no idea he wrote that. OK, none until until a couple of days ago. I guess here's my problem. I love Tom Clancy. I love Michael B. Jordan. I thought that movie was god awful. It was terrible. Well, he was a, it was a co-write. Thought, he co-wrote it. So maybe the other guy. Terrible. I thought it was a terrible movie. Yeah. And I was highly disappointed. And then when I saw that he was involved in this, I was like, whoa, 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 something, something has gone off the rails here because that is not what I expect from any of them. Yeah, like, Millerman and I are in lockstep on all of this. <laughs> I, I wanted to love I because I wanted to when 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 I remember when those previews for Without Remorse uh, was coming out and I was like oh yeah this is gonna be awesome it's it's Clark this is gonna be fantastic and then I sit down and I start watching it and I was like this sucks more than anything that has ever sucked before <laughs> it was awful and I was just like well and so then I just I just kind of put it in my past and just forgot about it I was like all right it was forgettable and then I saw Taylor Sheridan and I was like wait what it was like the record scratch. Yeah, Whoa. You know, we got to blame yeah. the co-writer on that. Whoever the guy he co-wrote with must be the uh, bad. Obviously. Side. Yeah, because it's funny when you see that kind of stuff too. Because like we've seen, we we've seen Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther just be amazing. Yeah. So you know it's not him, and you've seen Taylor Sheridan writing all these things, and they're amazing. So you know it's not him. <laughs> so you start nailing it down. And you're like, okay, well then, who's this director? What's he done? And right. Uh, but yeah, I'm the same way. I I was not a fan of that, and I was I had such expectations going in. I thought it was going to be so good. Uh, oh, I thought I thought okay, this is a way to tie it in so that he goes into the to the Jack Reacher series. I mean, not Jack Reacher to the Jack Ryan series, so that it can it can be in the part of that world. Like I, I was really looking forward to it, and and I, I, really when it first came out, I thought it was going to be a series. I thought 
thought I thought it was going to be a series. I didn't realize that it was a movie. And now maybe maybe it would have been different if it had been a series and they had fleshed out everything that happened instead of trying to fit it into maybe, an hour and a half hour, 45 rushed. minutes. Yeah, it did. It was so rushed. And like I said, it had good people in it, but just it was not good. It was just not good at all. I, I looked it up and the guy that directed it is an Italian director who also directed that Sicario sequel. Okay. Well, I haven't seen that, so could be bad. But I guess that must be where the Sheridan link is there. Maybe. I'll say this. I I, I was, I mean, Miller, not to spoil it for you, but Sicario is definitely better than Sicario Day of the Soldado. Yeah, I, I, I kind of figured that was going to be the case. But part of the reason that I thought that, though, is because of uh, the director of Sicario, and I don't know how to say his name, Dillis Villanueva. Um, who's the guy? Oh, who the did Dune, the Dune guy. Dune. I did not Blade know Runner. he directed Sicario. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh no! Sicar- but I'll, yeah. I'll say this: that same guy directed Zero Zero Zero, which I don't know if either of you have seen, but I loved that. Never heard of it. It, it was a it was a series, um, and I don't remember what it was on. What was it on? I guess it's on. Well, I'm looking at it right now. It's on Prime Video, but it's called Zero Zero Zero, and um, it's it's actually really good. It's got some people in it you'd probably recognize. I don't. I mean, I'm looking at them. I don't really know their names. Dane. Dahan. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, I've seen him in other stuff, um, but I'll I'll say this: it took an episode or two for it to kind of get going going for me, but it had such good reviews that I was like, I have to get through these first couple of episodes to see if it gets better. And man, did it get better. It was really, really good. All right. I'll, I'll give it a shot, but I've, I've never heard of it until you just mentioned it. I'll say it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just looking at the other stuff that that director had done. Right. And without remorse, I wasn't crazy about Sicario two was okay, but it was nowhere near as good as the first one. And so then I'm thinking, well, maybe he's just not very good. And then I saw zero, zero, zero. And I thought, well, he's not an idiot because I liked that. Okay. And so Gary had called Gamora. I haven't seen that. You had mentioned earlier about him, you know, the link with him being on Son, Sons of Anarchy and the Kurt Sutter. Do you, have you ever seen anything? I probably should have done some of the research online like we did and failed to do so, but um, any link about Sutter talking about him or them, you know, having kind of admitted that they. Not a word. I, and I haven't looked, I haven't looked specifically to see like, um, I obviously could just do it right now just to see <laughs> if it pops up immediately. You're listening. But, <laughs> well, I'm doing this research online like, like we did. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, but I just no, assumed I there had to I be. I have never looked to see if there was like uh, any comments about anything like that. Like if you, if you Google it, um, there seems to be uh, the most of what I see is immediately uh, Taylor Sheridan explains why he quit Sons of Anarchy. Um, there's several articles like that. Two actors who regretted being on Sons of Anarchy. So maybe he didn't get along with them. Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard stories that not everybody is on board with working with Sutter. Like he's kind of a prickly personality. I could see that. I guess um, I just, you can't help it. Like sometimes you might not get along with somebody and you might not want to work with somebody, but you still can be impressed by what they do. It's kind of like, you know, maybe uh, liking a player on another football team that you don't follow. Uh, you're, you're impressed by them, even though uh, you don't, you don't like them. Yeah. Maybe you didn't get along with Sutter, but they certainly seem to have some similar characteristics. Just, uh, all the old Sutter stuff that I used to watch, it just the same people would pop up over and over and over again. People that you don't necessarily see even 
even in other things. The guy, like the guy that played Lem in uh, The Shield. Yeah. Um, he's in like almost everything Kurt Sutter, Sutter does. And he just keeps coming up over and over again. But he's not in other stuff. I don't see him acting in a lot of stuff unless it's something that Kurt Sutter does. So Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of times these people enjoy like something Millerman said earlier about the, the, the writing and the scripts. I think actors really love finding a great writer and they really gravitate toward somebody they know can because that's for me that's the best thing about Sheridan is a lot of his dialogue like he does he really writes dialogue well so I think actors really that's why he's probably able to really attract some of the people he does is the writing well one thing that I was going to mention uh pulling the curtain back a little bit so we talked about 1883 for Taylor Sheridan this is the new show that has uh uh Sam Elliott and Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and uh, as Bob mentioned Tom Hanks in a cameo and Billy Bob Thornton and others and the the fun thing for me about that is is uh we've mentioned this before but I live in the little town of Granbury where part of filming for 1883 took place and so during the first episode of 1883 they they show up in in what is uh supposed to be uh Hell's Half Acre in Fort Worth and part of what they show when I'm watching it, especially in the daytime scenes, I can see what was filmed in Granbury, and it's really cool. Uh, I really appreciated that. And of course, some of it was filmed in Fort Worth. Some was in Weatherford, uh, which is right around where I'm at. And then part of it is um, Sheridan owns Bosky Ranch, um, which is right outside of Weatherford. And a lot of the a lot of the location shooting happened there as well. So that was just interesting stuff for me. He actually grew up not too far from that whole Granbury area like Cranfield's Gap you ever heard of Cranfield's Gap Millerman it's in no uh, I have not Bosk County is is that one of those that's got to be thunderstorm counties it is it is one of those thunderstorms and I and I did read a, a story from him that um was talking about him growing up and and apparently his dad was a uh, a doctor like a cardiologist or something like that and uh they had the ranch not as a working ranch just to to own it and eventually they they got rid of it and he was incredibly mad at his mom because she was the one that was the driver of getting rid of that ranch and a quote from her was like they didn't speak for about a year afterwards uh because <laughs> he was so upset that they got rid of the ranch um and that's where he kind of grew up learning to ride and and everything else he he didn't need it that like i said it wasn't wasn't their source of income or anything like that but he he loved it and obviously he turned that passion into yellowstone in 1883 and everything that we've seen come from him now he actually currently lives in weatherford weird that he yeah now here's something i can add to my bragging montage moving forward i went to college with taylor sheridan because it says here that he he was born in 70 so it means he graduated high school in 88 he he dropped out of texas state after his first year so we were there at the same time awesome very nice there we go nice me it's me it's me there's no way that's true (laughs) (laughs) you graduated high school in like 73 at the at the latest dang it (laughs) by the way real quick read of that article um it had nothing to do with with kurt sutter uh taylor sheridan's problems were with uh the people that were running the show and how much they were paying them so he decided if he was he said if he was going to be 11th on the call sheet he would just as soon be 11th on yellowstone's call sheet since he was writing 
writing it and only being a bit bit actor in it. Well, you know, I mean, I think this has been a good conversation for us. I like uh, everything that we've talked about for Taylor Sheridan. I think we've kind of recapped the discography, bibliography, filmography, etc. And, um, you know, Gary, thanks for hopping on with us today. That was fun. I enjoyed discussing these shows with you. Yeah, me too. Like I said, you know, you probably didn't even nearly need me on here much since pretty much everything David said, uh, I agree with you. Mayor Kingstown is my absolute favorite of that list. As tough as it is to make that choice, Wind River is the best of the movies and really looking forward to the four sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Anything that, if, if it can continue with Jimmy, I love it because I love that guy. He's yeah, fantastic. He's yeah. Fantastic. Jimmy is awesome. Yep. Well, see you later. <laughs> All right, Gary, thanks for being on. And uh, I guess like you said, Millerman, uh, well, again, I don't know if Gary caught this when we, well, yeah, I did, man, about the birthday, your birthday being tomorrow. So never mind. Just yeah. take it away, Ramblin' Roy. I'm rambling. <laughs> you ramble now. <laughs> this is Ramblin' Roy Miller reminding you to keep it country and so long for now. Pausable Deniability is a production of Lukewarm Tallboy Studios. Oh, Mike.